Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We brought you Damn Good Beer, and now we're delivering to you Damn Good Beef. So damn good, then you can now get Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu Beef at the DNVR Bar. That's right. We couldn't resist putting this damn good beef in the bar, and now you could come down to the corner of Colfax in York at the DNVR Bar to get your Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu Beef burger with all the toppings. And if you want to make sure that it's in stock at home, well, you can go to H-A-S-S-E-L-L-CattleCompany.com and use code DNVR15 at checkout. That's a special holiday discount of 15% off your entire purchase at HassleCattleCompany.com. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. Brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD Coffee is going to improve the quality of your morning because it's rich in CBD and CBG and can be delivered to your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks, however frequently you need it. Their CBD-infused coffee has got me feeling really good because it can help with chronic headaches, joint pains, so much more than that. And plus, you get zero coffee jitters if you're downing three or four cups a day, which is usually my style. And now when you go to Strava Craft Coffee, you can get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR25. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. And on this very special edition of the DNVR Rockies podcast, it's a crossover version where we're linking up with our good buddy Paul Holden over at Locked On Rockies, where it's a mashup, Paul. Are you ready for this? I'm very excited, excited to be here. I love mashups. They're my favorite. It is. It's great. You, you, you can't go wrong either way. It's going to be the best of both worlds or worst of both worlds. We have yeah, to be prepared too. for that. <laughs> I'm we prepared do. for anything. We're Rockies fans, right? You have to be. You have to be ready for anything. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to some of the offseason improvements. What else... Colorado needs to do once this lockout is over. We'll talk about some rumors kicking around that John Heyman mentioned about Trevor Story's market, our reflections on the CBA. But on December 8th, 2011, we're now at the 10-year anniversary of what's probably the greatest trade in Rockies history. Yeah, I think the cargo deal from Oakland would have to go alongside of it. But if you look at the overall value 10 years ago, from today, Colorado Rockies acquired DJ LeMahieu. What a trade, Paul! It was the st- it was just a one of those moves that was that maybe when you first heard about it, it didn't blow you away, but boy, did it pay off! And, and DJ was not only a special Rocky, but but has developed into a, a really great player and, and someone that's a, a, on the list of an unfortunate player that uh, that that got away from uh, from from the boys in purple, but. Really, really great and really led to some special moments. Such a unique player. And 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 what I love about DJ LeMahieu was when he was up to bat, you were confident that there was a good chance he was on gonna get on base or at least have a great at bat going there, which honestly, when you look at where the Rockies are at today, is something that they haven't really been able to replace. Having him at that top spot of the lineup to lead into the power that the Rockies had at that time was something that uh and especially into the competitive windows of the Rockies was something I think they've really missed. DJ DJ was a top, a top Rocky for me for sure. Oh, for sure. Even if you look at the metrics of wins above replacement, he's in the top 20. Not bad when we break down the details of this two-for-two trade with the Cubs. But as you said, you knew he was going to come through. You knew something was going to happen. It was very much like the modern day or the Rockies version of Derek Jeter. And it's, it's interesting that he ended up going to New York and became that for the Yankees, too. Uh, to, to a certain degree. But the deal wasn't just DJ LeMahieu for a bag of balls. 
Colorado also got Tyler Colvin, who had a fantastic 2012 season. After that, we don't need to worry about it. But all they gave up was Ian Stewart, who had an injury-plagued 2011, only played 55 games with the Cubs. Think about that. His career was all but over once he was dealt away. And their eighth overall pick in 2007, Casey, Casey Weathers, who just played, he played with Colorado for one season. Dude never even got to AAA, which I was shocked to, everyone gets to AAA. Mm-hmm. He didn't, which is unfortunate, but just an overall heist by Colorado. Yeah, and and that's when you look at it, when you say greatest trade, I think that's where you're getting that from because when you look at what the Rockies gave away and what they got back in, in, in DJ alone was it was kind of a no brainer, you know, in the, in the cargo deal, you still have to give up, you still kind of give up a good chunk there. You're giving up something, but you've lost 55 games of Ian Stewart, which darn, and you know, a pitcher that doesn't even get to triple a for what, uh, was he a multi-time all-star or at least an all-star and, and, and probably one of the most undervalued players in the game until he ended up in New York. Yeah. Holiday, of course, going to Oakland in the cargo deal. And you say, ah, oh, well, Marquez, you know, was, was a steal. It was, but you still gave up Corey Dickerson, who in 2017 started for the American League as a designated hitter in the all-star game. So yeah, you got to give something to get something. But in that swap back in 2011, Rockies really didn't end up giving much when you look at how it played out. And it's 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 a good day, but can you believe it was a decade ago now? Wow! No, honestly, <laughs> it's crazy to think about it, and and it's just crazy to think of just how quickly time goes, and then how quickly we've gotten ourselves back into a, a lockout scenario in baseball. Yeah, the as you mentioned before, DJ getting away. I've really seen seem to think that there are some similarities between Lemayhu leaving town again. He was given a, a nice offer that was more than the two years, 24 million that he ended up getting from the Yankees and, and more than the Rockies gave to Daniel Murphy. But nevertheless, he got away. Dick Monfort has said, yeah, you know what? In hindsight, that was a mistake. Is Dick Monfort going to be saying at some point here in the near future or, or maybe five, 10 years down the line that, you know what? Letting John Gray go was a major mistake. There seems like there could be some of those similarities going forward. I, I think, Honestly, we might hear them say that about a few people, including a trade made in, in the offseason. I, 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 my big belief for the Rockies and why it, it's so hard to be in this position sometimes as a Rockies fan is I firmly believe that 2020 and 2021 were going to be the golden age of Rockies baseball in this competitive window. You're past the opt out of Nolan. You're committing to that. You're you have this rotation of, of arms that you believe in and, and can pitch at home. And, have, and have we've seen with, with Herman and Senza and Freeland and gray at that point. Uh, and, and you had these, I think these two years, you know, 2020 and 2021 would have been the years to really go after it for them. And, and, and unfortunately that we're in the exact opposite where it's another off season, we're losing John Gray. I think this is a big deal. I think losing John Gray is a really big deal for the Rockies because going into this off season, the one thing you were confident in was the road, the starting rotation. You were, you were fine with the road, the pitchers that you had, and you could figure out the fifth arm. Please no more Chichi Gonzalez. We can figure something else out there or just get those younger guys. At least you have options there, but you're very confident in going with Marquez, Sensatella, Freeland, and Gray and Gomber, of course, in, in the deal with, with this year. So, but now not only do you have to really figure out your offense, figure out your bullpen, you have a major hole in that starting rotation that you have to fill. I, I'm a big John Gray fan. I, I, you know, of course he could have, been bigger we we, John Gray had a lot of expectations coming into his career in Colorado but when John Gray takes the bump again same thing when I was thinking about DJ I'm confident that the Rockies are going to be in a pretty good position that John Gray as long as his stuff's on as long as he's got that velocity on the fastball and he's getting some swing and misses it's going to be a good day. Sure, they can get, you know, just like any pitcher and just like it happens with the Rockies, the road and just a lot of runs can be scored because of just the nature of Rockies baseball. But I'm never not confident in John Gray taking the bump. And and I think the Rangers got a really solid three, four arm. I, I think any team would be happy to have John Gray be in the back half of their rotation. And that's the going price, right? $14 million, you know, for a starter of John Gray's caliber. And you say, oh, man, that's ace money. 
No, it's it, not really. When you look at Garrett Cole getting right. 35 million, Max Scherzer getting 43 million, he's, you know, he's, he's practically, uh, he's making more money than his age, which is, is somewhat of a rarity, I think, right. uh, when you look at starting pitchers. And so there's just so much value there. And sure, okay, we saw what happened in 2017 in a wild card game. And then in 2018, he, he has to go down to the minors to work out a couple things. And then during that final series against the Nationals, where, you know, had they had they won a game there, they, they could have won their first NL West. And so maybe on a game-by-game -game basis in a big spot, he could have disappointed, maybe. But bottom line is the baseball season is a marathon. Right. And you need a dude of Gray's caliber where over the long haul, he is going to provide you with, with much more positive benefits than negative. And because I, I, I th I'm a little bit worried right now about that fifth spot in the rotation. And that, that was going to be one of the questions I asked you today is that, do you think between Lambert, Feltner and Rollison, they can piece together enough of a season or would you like to see somebody else in the mix? Maybe just a veteran that, you know what, even if it's just for the first two months, that's fine. And then maybe come June, Lambert will be a little bit more ready. How, how have you been thinking about the fifth spot in the rotation for Colorado next season? You know, I think see what you have with the young guys and, and focus on getting a piece that is going to help you close games out because I'd rather the Rockies put themselves in more positions to win when their starting pitchers, their, their, their core pitches mixed with an, and I want the offense to be improved and we can figure out that fifth spot. Cause we do have some young guys. Peter Lambert doesn't excite me. He doesn't really show me anything that I'm like, wow, I can't wait to see Peter Lambert take the bump. However, he's young. He's coming off the injury. And, you know, he did play a lot of time at the major league level in, uh, what was it, 2020, I believe, was the, the year he played a lot. I think he, was that right? Was it 2020 or 2019? 2019, he came up during the summer. 2020, they were counting on him, and uh, he did get hurt in spring training. That's when we had Tommy John. Yeah, so, you know, we've kind of seen him, and, and it's just like if you've put this much time already and you've committed to him being on the roster through all this, let him at least get a shot through spring training to, to, to see where it's at. But, uh I'm just worried. I just think that's what you got to plan on because going back to the John Gray thing, how do you entice a starting pitcher to come here now? If John Gray, the pitcher that was on record saying, I want to be back in Colorado, isn't in Colorado. And, and you know, for me, it's like, I don't see why the Rockies couldn't at least match the Rangers offer to just say, hey, you know what? Here's that extra year. Here's that little extra you wanted because you're you've clearly shown interest in being here. We've worked forever to get starting pitching to work in Colorado. And while, you know, and 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 now I think John Gray understood his role. Because, uh, again, like you mentioned, we don't need to turn to John Gray in, in the wild card game anymore. We, you know, send Erman or send Senza, really, at this point. It, you know, with John Gray and Freeland, I'm just way happier where they're at and where they were going to be. So uh, I think bringing in a free agent is going to be a really difficult task in terms of a starter. I think there might be a bullpen pitcher that might want to come back or, or someone that might, you know, injury or, or figure that out and then want to take the challenge that, that the Rockies seem to do. But I, I would like to see what, what Godot and, and, and Lambert can bring to the team just, just because they're younger. They were, they've been drafted. This team drafts and develops. That's, that's their, their mantra. So I'd like to see them at least get a shot and then maybe move them for, for someone if they even are good enough and, and you're not competitive, maybe you can move them to get a, a better starter for your, for your, uh, you know, the, the fifth spot and help build a, some other pieces. But I'd like to see the homegrown guys a little bit more in that fifth spot. And if you do need to get someone new for that fifth spot, sounds like maybe it, you might need to swing a trade. We've, we've seen Marquez be that guy in the past. Austin Gomer, of course, last year in the Arenado deal. I've got an idea as to maybe who you could move. And rather, I want to get your take on who the Rockies could possibly trade to acquire a fifth starter. That's after I let you know that we've got a fantastic tailgate coming up this Sunday down at Mile High. You can come down to the bar at 10 a.m., We'll take the bus over. You can tailgate before the entire game, before the Broncos, Lions. We're hanging out. If you're a member of the DNVR.com, you know you get a discount on the tailgate. You get a discount on the shuttle over to the bar. You know you get a much bigger beer when you're on the corner of Colfax and York at the DNVR bar. It's all-you-can-eat pizza from Sexy Pizza and all-you-can-drink beer from Breckenridge Brewery at the tailgate. We also have watch parties going on 
all week long. We've got two on Saturday as well. It's really popping off. Make sure you go down there. And even if there isn't a watch party, you know that happy hour is every day from three to six with drink specials and appetizer discounts. You get a members only discord. You get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com with an annual membership. It's a good time. Make sure you sign up if you haven't already to the dnvr.com. And we do have a new sponsor in snoozesleep.com. You know that the snooze flip is the most universal mattress on the planet because I've been mentioning it before. It's a mattress, you know, that is designed to fit everybody because it's the world's first four-in-one mattress. It allows you to choose a soft one, firm mattress, cool, cozy. You flip it to choose your comfort level. And then they also have a reversible and washable temperature regulated cover that you can zip to really make sure that your body has not only what you need today, but what you may also need tomorrow, especially since we know mattresses can last up to eight years. There's a 122 year warranty to back it. And when you use code DNVR, when you visit snoozesleep.com, you receive $250 off mattress and $250 off adjustable base when using code DNVR at snoozesleep.com. As I said, the tailgate, when it gets popping off before Broncos games, we're serving sexy pizza. Well, who is or what is sexy pizza? Well, they've been in the Denver community for the past 13 years, and they are about as local as it gets. They've got hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. They allow you to choose your own adventure with a wide range of topics. Topics? No, a wide range of toppings. We're the ones that we've got the topics, don't we, Paul? Absolutely. Uh, our next topic is going to be pepperoni and sausage on our next segment. It's going to be I'm in. That sounds delicious. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, in, I'm in, too. And the cool thing that Sexy Pizza also does is they donate part of their profits to various nonprofits right here in Colorado. If you go to www.sexy.pizza, you can actually check out their about page for the donations link to see how Sexy Pizza can support your cause. They've got four locations in Denver, Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill. And keep your eyes peeled for a new location coming in Trinidad, Colorado soon. Paul, right now the outfield seems like it could be a bit cluttered. And when you consider the fact that the outfield is probably the top spot that the Rockies front office is going to look to target in free agency, Schwarber, Soler, Castellanos, Chris Bryant, whoever it is, they may need to slot an outfielder in there to increase the power and increase the production in the middle of the lineup. So that means you've got at least one too many outfielders. Who would you be most interested in possibly looking to, to trade or who do you think would maybe even better question, bring back the most between Blackman, Hilliard, Connor Joe, Rymel Tapia, Jonathan Daza, and even utility man Garrett Hampson. It's a really interesting situation because I think the obvious one based on name alone, you would say, try to move Charlie Blackman and, and see what that would do. I don't think teams really want Charlie Blackman unless his role is a DH. And I'm this goes, I hope that his role for the Rockies is the DH, hopefully, if that is the future of, of baseball, because I think Charlie can still swing it. But defensively, Charlie Blackman is just not up to snuff. I, I All of those other, uh, you know, Rockies players, I would rather have defensively. But I think Charlie can, can come back. I think this was a tough year for a lot of Rockies players and a lot of players in general, just with this was the full first season back from the pandemic. CBA looms. The Rockies have a bunch of stuff that happens and goes on. But I think the Rockies need Charlie Blackman as a leader and as a face of the team. Uh, I think fans would really be upset if, if you lost Charlie Blackman. And, and again, I just don't think a lot of teams want this version of Charlie Blackman. If you were interested in trading Charlie Blackman a couple of years ago, I, I think you could have gotten quite something. But I really want to see Connor Joe play a lot and I want to see him develop, but I think he would be someone that would be interesting for teams. Maybe that if you're realizing how are we going to with the free agent, how do we get Connor Joe in the lineup? And you're sitting there like, ah, you know, are we going to play him over Chris Bryant and Chuck and then, and, you know, play him in left, uh, you know, could happen. But I really want the Rockies to see what they have in Connor Joe. I, I think if you're going to move on, I think you move on from, from Tapia, Daza, or Hilliard. I think those are the three that you're not going to get a ton for. But I think Rymel Tapia really intrigues a lot of players and intrigues me. I, I, I think we, we saw the highest. We saw Rymel Tapia's ceiling this year, and it was very high. But we've also seen the floor of Rymel Tapia, and it's ground balls a lot. 
a lot of ground balls and his defense isn't stellar. It's, it's fine. I, I feel like he takes some of the craziest routes to baseballs I've ever seen in the outfield, but I think if you're going to move on, it'd be, be from, from those three. I think Tapia though, gives you the most uh, intriguing factor. Cause I think he, put in the right position and, and put him as a, maybe like a, maybe not an everyday player, but someone you can kind of count on and use him as a pinch runner or a pinch, a pinch hitter in some situations too. I think some teams will see some value in that. And then I'm intrigued by, by Hilliard though, uh, man, it, it, that power is, is nice. He can really hit a baseball, but you know, again, with, with younger Rockies players can swing and misses, a, you know, or, or something that I I'm concerned, but, when I look at those three players, I'd rather have Schwarber. I'd rather have Bryant. I'd rather have Castellanos over all three of them playing their role. You know, you're not going to lose all three of them, but I'd rather lose one of those three or a package of those three and bring and sign one of those other players to, to replace them. Just because as much as I, we've seen a lot of Rymel Tapia to this point where it's just like, as much as I think he is fun, I love his personality. I love what he brings to the Rockies. I'm if there's another option, if if someone's interested in, it, you can go in a different direction. I wouldn't be too opposed to it, even though that'd be a tough one because he is he is a very fun baseball player to watch. I think Tapia would get the most back in return. I think, as you said, Hilliard probably has the highest ceiling with with that power. Uh, does does flash some speed? Is good defensively, right? Can play center field. Has a really good arm, but teams know about you know his his record with with striking out and so they're not going to pay for the projection they're going to pay for what has already been seen or at least they're going to offer based on that and so Tapia would probably bring back the most in return and you know he only has two more years of team control that's the thing is after 2022 he will, he'll be a free agent after that next season after 2023 so really his time in purple may already be coming to a close and as you said connor joe on tuesday's podcast came up with a projected lineup for the 2022 season and anyway i sliced it whether i was trying to get chris bryant into the lineup or kyle schwarber or i was just looking at who was on the 40-man roster as of today connor joe was starting in left field and was batting leadoff and I think Charlie Blackman also has to be an integral part of the club, whether it's maybe batting leadoff again, and you hope he runs into one to lead off a game or lower down in the lineup and just driving and runs, being that veteran presence, taking some pressure off, you know, some of the other players. Again, if we, we saw it this season where at times Ryan McMahon got a little bit hotter, so he moved up in the lineup and he, he no longer um, needed to protect other players and, you're willing to put a, a little bit more pressure and, and, and heap some pressure on him. Same thing with Brendan Rodgers, and he was batting second with Trevor Story batting behind him. But without Story in the lineup, Charlie another year older, uh, CJ Crone coming back, which is nice to see. You're still one big bat short of lengthening out the lineup. And Elias Diaz can only do so much from the, yeah. the middle bottom part of the order batting sixth or seventh. And so, yeah, I, I think I think you could find a way – to really lengthen that lineup if they can add one more big bat and possibly move on from one outfielder, at least get something for them. Because as you said, Daz is probably in that mix. He probably is going to have the the lowest return if mm -hmm. you're comparing him to Hilliard and Tapia. And at a certain point, teams might not even offer anything for him. And you just, you just lose him for nothing. And that, that is what it is. But if you can possibly capitalize on those assets you know, I think the trade market could be the way to go to help other areas of the organization. Yeah. And, you know, I think what the Rockies could could do to kind of sell the outfielders as X factors. I love the speed of these Rockies outfielders. I think the Rockies are an interesting team when it comes to speed there. They I, and I, I really felt they should have stole more bases this year just because I, I feel like they had the speed in the lineup to be aggressive, but yeah, the, that's the thing. The Rockies plan has to be adding a big bat. Cause if you're even a down year from Trevor story, he still at towards the end of the season was producing a good chunk of the offense. And as much as I love the, I love the, the, the crone and the Diaz signings as well. I think two great pieces that the uh, at positions, the Rockies have struggled with for, for a bit now, but I don't want to rely on them too much because I want there to be the big bat. I want CJ Crone to still be able to go out and bat 275 and hit home runs and do what he does. 
but I, it was still nice kind of going through the lineup when you're like Trevor Story's role is supposed to be that he's supposed to be the big bat. CJ Crone was just like, all right, I'm just going to come up and swing it. And that's what I'm going to do. And, you know, uh, same with Diaz. It's like, I, I think that ha I don't want the pressure to be on those two to be the big offensive producers, because I think they do better in their role of where they were at this season, where it kind of, the opportunity arose to them and they, they took advantage of it. And, you know, if, if Diaz can keep hitting that long ball, it's going to be great. But top, top priority for me for the Rockies is is getting that outfield uh, uh, supplemented with a big bat. And there's still plenty of names available to do it. You touched on the bullpen. Do you think there's enough there going into 2022 where Stevenson, Sheffield, Gilbreth take another step forward? Which, if we're talking about any other position, right, or any other role on a team besides a reliever, uh, you go, well, yeah, yeah, you're you're going to continue to take steps forward, but we know how fickle relievers can be. Are those guys a, enough to say, hey, man, if they just do what they did last year, we'll be fine, or do they need to do a little bit more in the bullpen some way, somehow? For for me, the big thing with the bullpen, honestly, I want the Rockies to get a closer. I'm I'm fine with bringing Daniel Bard back to have him not close games. I'm fine with him coming in to throw the seventh. And because, you know, if his fastball's on and he's getting those swing and misses, he can strike people out still. But clearly Daniel Bard could not handle, whether it be from his pass to the yips, maybe still something deep down inside in that position. It would got a little bit too much at, at that point in the year. Uh, but I'm fine with that. I, I think the Rockies, instead of focusing on a reliever, I think it's getting a closer. Because it, to me, it felt like the real bummer with the Rockies was just how many games that were lost in the ninth inning this year especially on the road i one that that's burned in my brain is you go and you beat la on the road and then you go and play in in, in chicago and it's walk-offs all it's a three-run home run in the bottom of the ninth after two walks it's like that's what i'm i want eliminated from the rockies and maybe carlos estevez was there but i think those guys because if i'm not mistaken I, I can't remember who but one of the younger guys had a really strong finish to the year uh if if i'm not i think it was it stevenson who who was really strong to, to finish the year there was one that turned out to be like uh, had a really solid two months uh to close out the season yeah really since the middle of july lucas gilbreth was fantastic and again That's as a lefty who boy that really gets you excited of course you know not doing it so much in the back end of games you know buddy did a good job of protecting him and you know kind of setting him up for success did get a save his first career save in los angeles i think on july 23rd but nevertheless those guys are going to continue to to grow and i think overall you like where their trajectory is going to be but it still could take a dip right you still could have that sophomore slump because right now you're saying, all right, Lucas, hey, it's a big spot in the seventh inning. You need to get out some big bats on the left-hand side. We'll see if there's still a, a three-batter minimum. That could be something that gets lifted in this CBA, although I know the owners have said they're not really going to be talking at all about you know, rules and, and, and on-field on field, you know, rules and things of that nature. But nevertheless, hopefully between that group, and Stevenson was you know, fantastic all season long when healthy, between Stevenson, maybe Sheffield can take a step forward. Gilbreth, Chassin, Estevez, and Bard. Between those six guys, you got to think they can figure out enough of it, you know. And don't forget Tyler Kinley as well. So yeah, you got seven strong guys, but we know what that was like going into this past season when you were counting on someone like Yancy Almonte to do some big things. He's no longer with the organization right now. He's a minor league free agent unlikely that he'll probably come back. He could, you never know. You can't always expect for these young relievers to continue to show certain amount of growth or to say, Hey, he's got future closer stuff. Well, he needs to just have present day right. seventh inning stuff right. until, you know, before he can become a closer. The Rockies have a history of, of they love loyalty. I mean, that's just some, you know, they are pretty loyal. It, it's kind of weird to say that in, in some aspects, but in terms of like pitchers and, and prospects, I feel like they usually are really loyal. And yeah, I, again, let's see what we have. It's, it's, I, again, I would much rather be able to, I, and I hope that one of them turns into the closer. That would be the, that would be the icing on the cake. But, but when you really break it down, when you look at what the Rockies need, I want the Rockies to it's okay if we if the Rockies play a game where it's a it's a seven six game if they end up playing a a, a high scoring game 
that's fine. As long as your starters are keeping you in it and you're having enough offense that plays a full nine innings, I think you're going to be okay enough with those guys. But uh, again, really would like to see a someone develop into a sl- uh, you know slam the door closer. And it, I know that's hard to do. You know, the, the thing that's really tough with, with Rockies pitching and these young guys and, and relievers is the NL West is just hard. I mean, you play so many games against the best. I mean, how many Hall of Famers and All-Stars were on the Dodgers in the second half of the season? Not only do you have to go up and bat against those pitchers, but then you got to go through the lineups of those guys. And if it's, you're coming back from injury, if you're coming back for, the, for your first time in a while, or you're not, you know, you don't pitch all the time and you got to go through Seager and Betts and, and, you know, all the, the rest of the Dodgers lineup. It's not that I think the Rockies have all these like bad pieces. It's just the Rockies need to make acquisitions and add a piece. That's going to be able to go into Dodger stadium in the bottom of the ninth in a one run game and slam the door. You can't be get have we too many free bases from the bullpen, whether whatever, whoever takes the role. I hope the Rockies bullpen dramatically decreases the amount of walks that they give up because even the starter, everyone was giving up far too many walks this year. And it was just, I know that's tough. It's because it's weird. You'd think they'd be getting more strikeouts with everyone swinging at everything in baseball these days. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it, the bullpen's always tough, but I have so much faith in the starters getting you to the sixth inning the seventh inning and the games within two to three runs. And I hope the offense is enough to manage either a two to three run lead or being able to do something late for two to three runs and, and, and ride with that bullpen. That's really what I want to see um, uh, coming up for the Rockies. Yeah. That's an interesting wrinkle too. We know coming off the 2020 season, only 60 games really shortened managers, coaches doing a good job to protect their starting pitchers. Yeah. Five and dive is becoming a lot more common, but now I think you might be able to to let loose of the reins just a little bit, and you could see Rocky starters going a little bit longer, which thereby means you need less from the bullpen. And so, you know, at the end of the day, maybe that's something that gets them through those rough innings in the sixth and seventh, and now you can go to those more reliable arms in the bullpen. Folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans around town especially those of our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group, located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and they've got an offer every football fan needs to jump in on. New customers can bet just $1, that's it, on either NFL team to score, and when they do score, you win $100 in free bets. It really is that easy and rewarding. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. You combine multiple bets from same game, and you get an even bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. And new customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score. And if they do you win $100 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Your Colorado rugby team is back again, but not as the Colorado XOs. Now, they're the American Raft, not Raptors. Raptors. See, I'm, th- I'm thinking of Salt River Raptors. I'm, I'm getting ready to talk minor league baseball here. I, I, I'm getting all geeked up over the prospects. And, and these guys are prospects, too. They're rugby prospects playing for the American Raptors. If you haven't heard of the American Raptors, they're top-notch athletes who've already competed at the highest level of their respective sports. We're talking football, basketball, soccer, track and field, etc. And our guy Colton Strickland has got it all covered for you on the weekly DNVR Rugby podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and learn more about rugby with Colton's 101 Rugby Podcast with exclusive interviews with the athletes and coaches. Plus, the DNVR Rugby Podcast provides betting advice on the Super Rugby, which starts at the end of February, right when the football season finishes. You can head over to AmericanRaptors.com to score free tickets. Yes, free tickets. Or to stream all of their games. All that more can be found 
on AmericanRaptors.com. Well, we were talking, Paul, before we started recording about the little, the latest morsel of news that is slowly trickled out by MLB Network's John Heyman, <laughs> as you mentioned it on the Big Time Baseball podcast, that a couple teams are interested in Trevor's story, which is no surprise every team. I, I'm sure the Texas Rangers are still interested in Trevor's story, even after having already uh, acquired <laughs> Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, but he mentions the Boston Red Sox, Houston Astros, and even the Seattle Mariners as specific teams with interest in Trevor Story. I it's so interesting. I thought Correa was going to be back in Houston by now. I, I thought that they were going to get a deal done. Maybe there's too much money, and that's just a, a classic thing. But I am not surprised to hear that these many teams are interested in Trevor Story. I don't know how you know the narrative that was going in for Trevor Story this offseason of of people thinking that he was not as good as these other shortstops. I think is crazy. I think it's a classic case of people who don't watch Rockies baseball. Yes, he had a down year. He still led the team in wins above replacement. He's still in a bad year defensively, and that arm is something to, to watch for. But he's still not, you know, from runs saved from diving plays, from at least keeping the ball in front of him, diving stops. And the way he was swinging at the end of the year when it looked like Trevor's story again, connecting with home runs that were just launching. I, I think he's going to get still a, a great deal. I don't think he's going to get – I don't think he'll sign some eight-year mega thing. I don't necessarily think that's the – that's. I don't know if that's what he's going for, but I, I it's always so hard because I don't know if they, they he wants to make that big of a commitment to a team. I would love for him to go to Seattle, but it's it's it, I don't think moving Trevor Story to center field or third base is how you handle Trevor Story. I don't really think that that's that's the right move. I think he's an elite shortstop and and has shown that he was there and he's been around infielders that have been some of the best in baseball for most of his career. Last offseason, Nolan Arenado wasn't really on any kind of market to be discussed about, sure, for the you know previous two years. There were some rumors and rumblings that, hey, you know, he might be out there for the right deal, but it wasn't an everyday occurrence thing where you knew there could be 29 other teams going after him. That being said, if that were the case, I don't think anyone really would have been worried about his shoulder issues that he had during the 2020 season, which he injured mm -hmm. on an athletic dive in Oakland on the second game of the season. Right. I think the same is true of really of, of Trevor's story. I, uh, I'm sure there are some teams that were probably trying to get out ahead of it of, of like, uh, Hey, yeah, no, uh, that arm we're really worried about uh, down year, all this stuff. You know what? They're really trying to tamp down his market, but I think, you know, his ceiling will probably be what Marcus Simeon got seven years 175 million from Texas, and his floor will be similar to Javi Baez, who got six years at 140 million. So he'll probably be somewhere in that pocket, uh, give or take. I, I think he'll he'll make more than than Baez, but will come up just shy of Marcus Simeon. But again, when this lockout ends, who knows what what some team is going to be interested going out there and and doing? You know, if if the competitive balance tax you know is is lifted. You could have teams out there that are willing to, to throw the bag at him. There could be teams that are, are noticing that, hey, you know what? Our window of contention is maybe really short, so let's go ahead and sign this guy, and in three, four years, maybe we'll look to trade him, but we'll give him the money now so we can do what we can. We don't know what the real ramifications of this upcoming CBA that gets negotiated, what that will be. And because of that, that could also impact how much money – Trevor story gets either above Simeon or below bias. And I think that's why Trevor story didn't sign anywhere before the lockout. I think his team, his camp told him about all these possibilities that could happen. I think he himself noticed a down year. He, you know, probably, I don't know how much athletes do truly pay attention to discuss, you know, being a free agent and how much they follow their name in, in, media talks I, I think all the tamp you know the tamp down of of Trevor's story compared to the Correa's and the Seegers of 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 the shortstop class I think he decided yeah I'm gonna see what comes out of this and then go from there because I think Trevor's story I would pay seven year 200 million dollars to have Trevor's story play on my team and and again if I was the Rockies and if, and if Heyman has said the Rockies are interested this is what it means to be interested if to, to you know uh, if you're gonna be the Rockies if you want 
these players that you've won, you know, you had them on your team. If you're going to want Trevor story to come back to your team, you're going to have to pay him a hundred and you know, you, you got to pay him that, that at least that 175. he, he can't sign for under Simeon money. I, I because I think he is, has a much higher ceiling in terms of a potential left off season to heal that elbow, uh, you know, and, and just even if that fielding maybe kind of stays stagnant, maybe he's maybe he becomes just a a solid defender instead of a great defender. If he's still hitting you 30 home runs and stealing you 20 bases and batting 285, 290 for you, I think teams would be really excited by 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 that and especially the value that they might get him because I, you know, that's a it's a long time to commit to, to those players and 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 all the factors that can happen. I think Trevor story has proven it enough against high level competition that he is someone that can, can, can really contribute to your team. I I think Rockies that become free agents get more valued by other teams because of how, you know, you go up against the best. I mean, the Dodgers are consistent to a hundred win teams played against the Rockies this year and multiple times and the Rockies have to match up against it. They got, they got slammed by those two hundred win teams this year, but still like you're still going up against the best and I, and there's value in that. And, and, you know, a team is going to be just like John Gray, very happy with Trevor story and, and the contributions he's going to make. I'm, I'm, I am not worried about Trevor story at all. I'm going to put you on the hot seat, Paul. I'm putting Uh-oh. you on the hot seat Uh-oh. right now. Okay. Paul, you have a choice. You you've now been hired in the front office for the the Colorado Rockies. They've been watching Lockdown Rockies. You got a YouTube channel now. You can go watch live. <laughs> They've seen what you do. They respect your opinion. And they're saying, Paul, all right, we we've got some money. Some money has turned up. Do we bring back Trevor Story or do we bring in Chris Bryant? So you're gonna be about the same price i think mlb trade rumors pretty much had them in the same general spot six years 160 and so they've got similar markets and so you know we we know what trevor story brings as far as a leader goes what he means to the community but you need more power perhaps and you need more power from the outfield paul you're on the hot seat my friend what are you gonna do you going chris bryant or trevor story <laughs> man uh, I so i i will say the fan in me the the truth i i want trevor story back on this team to, to, yeah. to be totally honest with you here patrick i the thing that's been the hardest for me as a rockies fan is the past two years is losing the fruit the, the players that the rockies have had uh it, it these are special athletes i mean i i really truly believe that Nolan and Trevor on the on the left side was the best left side by far. I, I I didn't even think it's it was even close. I know, and maybe that's because I got my fan blinders on. And I I'm a big Rockies, you know, fan when it comes to that, especially in that competitive window. I I truly would love to see Trevor Story back because that is a great infield. Uh, you know, right, and then you don't have to worry about. I I think that the outfield you might be able to get enough of a fill-in go get someone for a little bit is Kyle Schwarber really gonna be that crazy expensive and if I'm Kyle Schwarber do I not want to go lead off at Coors Field and hit more home runs that I saw I mean I I think Chris Bryant is entertaining but he wasn't stellar in San Francisco he wasn't I just think Trevor Story I think the shortstop position is so important and I've been spoiled my whole life because the majority of my Rockies fandom that I can concretely remember in my brain is Troy Tulowitzki, whoever played one year in between and then Trevor story after that. And Jose Reyes for about two months. Yeah. Jose Reyes, <laughs> you know, after that. And then, and then Trevor story. And there is a value to having an elite shortstop and especially with the shift and everything. And, and yeah, it's, it's Trevor really has the ability because he was the face. I mean, he was the face this year. I mean, and even as much as, and I think I'm grateful for that because he wore the struggles of being a Rockies player, a franchise Rockies player in 2021. Kind of, I, I think he was the appropriate one to see the frustration, see the heartbreak, see how hard 2021 was for the Rockies that have been there in that competitive window. For those that were going through this season, that's another big thing with Trevor Story. He lost his best friend. I mean, the, Trevor Story. 
I, I don't know how you could be a Rockies fan and not sit there and tear up at the home run derby. And Nolan comes out, gives him a, at the timeout, gives him a hug and then pumps up the crowd. I mean, you put them in purple and I probably would have, you know, if they were still Rockies fan, you know, together, like I probably would have had a heart attack and uh, out of just sheer fan excitement. I, I think Trevor's story has tremendous value to the Rockies. I think he has tremendous value to whatever team he goes to. And he, he's just one of those players that I really think is special. And deep down inside, one of the things too, I'm going to miss watching 495 foot home runs with the best bat flipper in the game. I, 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 I would pay money to have Trevor story back on the team, go with that elite infield, have your pitchers, you know, see if you can get more ground balls from your pitchers and see if you can go get someone a little bit cheaper. I really wanted Nick Castellanos, but I don't, we don't need Nick Castellanos for, for seven, uh, for seven years. We don't need Chris Bryant for six or seven years because Zach Veen, Give me, give me someone that fills in time for three more years and, and give me Zach Veen. Zach Veen really performing well uh, in, in the lower leads. Obviously, the Rockies' number one pick uh, this uh, in the draft, the most recent draft, was, was Benny Montgomery. He's obviously a long shot, but another big, you know, five years down the line, if you, if you have Chris Bryant and you're in a seven-year deal and it's five years down the line and Benny Montgomery's coming up like a firecracker, that that's a huge uh, you know uh, thing that you got to risk. So for me, bring Trevor Story back if you could, and there's an option for the outfield. Someone can come and give me the classic Justin Morneau. Give me two years of someone that comes to Coors Field and has a resurgence in their offense, and they can go out and and feel better. You know, have a little feel a little bit nicer about the end of their career because they came and won a Silver Slugger or something like that. That's what I that's what I would do. Give me Trevor flipping story you're right yep. best bat flip in the game right now i would take him it's always nice to dream about someone else's free agent like oh let's take that guy but it, when posed with your guy or their guy in this instance you're right you, you'd have to go with the trevor story for all the reasons you just said i second that and also you consider that chris bryant isn't a true center fielder to really even help you out in that capacity so you're adding an outfielder but not necessarily a true center fielder and so uh, I second that. I, I second Trevor Story uh, at shortstop. Yeah. And hey, Kevin Pillar, two-year deal. He wasn't too bad in 2020. That that could patch that hole until Veen or even a Brenton Doyle is ready in center field. Yeah, and the thing is, honestly, I'm a little tired of the Rockies not signing a free agent to play the position that they play. Like, I, I has that happened really, before? <laughs> you know, like I, I don't really want to do the experiment again, it, it, just because. It's not to say that it can't work the third time, but the other two times, incredibly frustrating. Uh, you know, very, very frustrating that that was the solution to the that the Rockies decided to go with that issue. I, I again think that there's there's an opportunity to. I I think Kyle Schwarber would be the really interesting one where you could kind of be like, hey, let's I you know see what his market is. Don't go too crazy, but like, listen, we're looking to have you come in and hit at Coors Field and 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 have some fun here and, and do what you did in Boston and play a little center field for this. I, I, I don't know. That's, but I would feel much better. I would feel much more confident in the 2022 Rockies with Trevor story on the team than Chris Bryant. I, I, I think I get, and honestly more than those outfielders, just because I really think Trevor's poised for a big bounce back year. I would, I would agree with that. And I would also agree that if the Rockies bring in Kyle Schwarber, converting him back into catcher, Probably not a great idea. Uh, if Trevor Story doesn't come back, which it seems like that may be a long shot, of course, have you thought about what you'd want to do at shortstop? Do you just want to turn the keys over to an Alan Trejo? Do you want to, I don't want to say force Rogers over to shortstop, but kind of have him now learn that position new? Do you want a cheap option? Are you going to try to go the trade route? What, what have you thought? Because I think there's really a, a, a lot of possibilities maybe not as exciting as Trevor story, none as exciting as Trevor story, but have you considered, you know, the, some of the free agents that are out there with Jose Iglesias, Angelton Simmons, to name a couple, what, what have, what has been your take on, on this off season and what the Rockies, who should they have out there on opening day at shortstop? I did a whole episode about, uh, about this and, and I'd like to be firm with it. Ryan McMahon, should be the third baseman and Brendan Rodgers should be the second baseman. I really don't think you mess with that. I think Brendan yeah. Rodgers is going to be with, with all the stuff that we've dealt with Brendan Rodgers and his health, please play second base, stay yeah. at second base and be elite there because I really think he's going to, 
he uh, when you ask the, the the top Rockies that I'm excited to watch in 2022, uh, the the one two is uh, is Brendan Rodgers and Connor Joe easily my most. And, and I'd like to see Austin Gomber on the three. I want a full season of Austin Gomber because I've been kind of critical of, of Gomber unfairly. I feel like a little bit because of how he came to the Rockies. Um, but the health stuff does worry me. And he was traded for Nolan. There's a pretty big deal. But. Brendan Rodgers is, is easily one of the most exciting Rockies players to watch, and he was great at second base. Please stay there. Ryan McMahon should have been the gold glove winner at third base. We're now going to have to deal with what everyone else was probably saying about Nolan for all these years. Uh, <laughs> Ryan McMahon was an elite third baseman. Uh, again, I'm fine with a, a small fill thing because if you're going to go with Rockies' top prospects, you know, again, we do have um, – Tovar is possible. Uh, I, I, is that? Am I getting his name right? Is it Tovar? Yeah, Ezekiel Tovar. Yeah, he yeah. he topped out at High A Spokane last season. So you got to think, yeah, he'll probably be, you know, two steps away or a step away uh, at Double A Hartford next year. Maybe maybe he sees some time in Albuquerque. Could yeah could be a possibility. Same thing, like I said, with the outfield. Give me two more years. Give me someone that can give me two more years. If it's Alan Trejo, fine. I mean. If you're not, I think as Rockies fans, you just have to understand if it's not Trevor story, it's probably going to be a considerable step backwards. And just in terms of wins above replacement and, and, and all that stuff. I mean, again, it's been elite shortstop play in Colorado for a long, long time. So you're, for me, if you're not going to, if you're not serious about bringing Trevor story back, which, which, you know, Heyman has said that to much to the chagrin of a lot of other people that the Rockies are talking to Trevor story, but then you hear some beat reporters say that they haven't talked is it's who knows with that. So fill in the gaps and, and see, because if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, the whole idea behind uh, Tovar was to be Trevor story's replacement. That was kind of the mindset of, of having him in the system. If you can go ahead and add the big bats to the outfield or right. a bat to the outfield, and you figure something else out to help the middle of the lineup, then you're going to be okay with seeing Alan Trejo at shortstop. And hey, you know, everyone was probably a little surprised when the Tulowitzki era was over and then Trevor Story stepped in and oh my gosh, I don't think that's going to be the same thing with Alan Trejo next year if they turn the keys over to him, but I think you might be pleasantly surprised what kind of production you get out of that. Now, I, I want to get your take on the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement right now. We're in the middle of a, of a lockout. There's been a lot of proposals on both sides at the bargaining table. Has anything stood out as a you know, quote unquote good idea so far in, in these conversations and what you'd like to see in that next CBA for the, the betterment of the game? Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. I'm very much a players guy. I I, I see the argument of millionaires versus billionaires, but the billion it's billionaires. That's kind of my big thing. Um, I want the DH. Please, please give the universal DH. Except be major league Rob Manford has to come out and say, sorry, Armand Marquez, you were robbed of the final silver slugger because you were deserving of that. I, I think the DH is is going to be better for baseball uh, just because it's it's for people who don't watch national league baseball a lot pitchers. It just doesn't seem all that safe. Sometimes just the approach that some pitchers take to batting just is not good for the game. I think whatsoever. I mean, I understand that purity aspect. That's one thing I'm looking for. The other thing too is I'm not against players being able to get to free agency earlier. I think the eight years is a long, long time. Um, and, and there's so many things that can happen and so many things. I, I think giving some players a little bit more control of where they end up is I, I, cause I think that would incentivize owners and, and, and organizations to invest in their players a little bit more. If they're confident in this player, put the money behind them and, and support them. And really what I'd love to see, what I'd, what I really, really do want to see I'd love to see a complete overhaul about up for the quality of life of minor league baseball players. I really think that this should be something that's in the CBA that, that teams are responsible for making sure that I know the housing thing happened, but come on at the same time, I, I really feel like those players should be included in these conversations as well, because of how important they are to the future of the game, how important they are to so many communities across, uh, across the United States and just how important they are to the game. Uh, let me see if any um, other things that might be interesting. I, I really do think that there should be an incentive for smaller market teams or, or something that would be nice of a minimum base for, for teams to, to pay for their players. But it is kind of tough because 
signing free agents, everyone is going to want to go to these big markets. But what's frustrating for me as a Rockies fan is I just want my owner's mindset to change where it's like the Rockies aren't small market anymore. And they're a top team, 10, 10 team in attendance. Yet they haven't signed a free agent contract in multiple years. Uh, that That's weird to me. That's what's frustrating where it's just like, no, you can spend the money. You're just choosing not to. But how do you incentivize that? How do you how do you do that? There's. I, I'm so much not a biz. I'm so much of a fan, and and I'm and I'm getting more into the coverage of team, and I, and I'm pretty honest and upfront about that. I, I think I have a critical eye for the team, but there's a lot of businessy stuff that maybe I don't fully understand. I just know how much money people that own baseball teams have to have to own baseball teams, and to use that money to to make your team better, I really don't think should be as much of pulling teeth like it seems like for some of these these owners in some of these teams, but. I can see why some people might be like, but it's so much money. They're they're millionaire players. They're also the best in the world at what they do. So they deserve to be paid as, yeah. as such. Yeah. The billionaire, if you're a billionaire versus a millionaire, you have 100 times the <laughs> amount of money. Yeah. That's the difference. Yes. We're, we're not talking about a quadrillion and a quintillion where we can't even really <laughs> imagine uh, how much something like that is. We, we know how much a million or millions are and, how much billions are. And so when you look at the, the value of the average player, uh, contracts going down about 6% in the last couple of years. And yet, even during a pandemic, you've got franchise values continuing to go up. Right. And the players don't see any of that. And so that's a great investment for the teams. And, you know, and I, the players will never get their hands on that money. And that's fine. That's the risk that the owners are taking. But I think you know, as you've been saying, like that business side, you, you, the players need to understand it a little bit more so, because I think in the last CBA negotiation in 2016, they gave up a couple things, maybe not realizing with the soft salary cap and for those creature comforts. And I think they're now realizing like, wait a minute that yeah, I'm more comfortable now, but I ended up giving up a lot more money or leaving more money on the table that really wasn't worth those creature comforts that maybe I should have been receiving all along. It's similar to what you said about the minor league players where, you know, unfortunately there's, there's to my knowledge, no real way that they can, can have their rights represented in the CBA, right? Cause they're not on a 40 man roster. They're not a part of that union, but the, the players, they, they have to give up some rights uh, to get something and it, and it shouldn't be that way, right? They, they need to have proper food. They need to be bused properly, or if it's, if it's too far away, the next location to fly the housing thing, as you mentioned is super important. So, you know, there's a trade and there's a reason that they're billionaires is because they realize, Hey, I'll, all right, I'm putting up a big fight, but fine. I'll give you this little nugget, but really they're doing that because they know they're going to get a boulder in return. Yeah. There's no revenue with no players. Yeah. So why shouldn't the people that are bringing the revenue in to to, to make that money? I, I'm I'm sorry. It's just again, I, if you own a baseball team, you're not hurting. <laughs> like, and if you were in a situation where your fortune was was going to be in trouble, you're probably selling that team or and have a lot of other things that are that are bigger issues. But for fans of or, or people that are in Colorado, I mean, you go to a high ballpark experience. You know, it's a great course field is one of the best places to watch a baseball game in all of the country, hands down. But you're going to pay for it. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the ballpark experience is it's still expensive. And, it, you know, if you're going to spend all that money and go to that experience and spend your time, it should be worthwhile watching it on the field and and worthwhile that, the, you know, that you're going to support a team that's investing in a, in a good product on the field for, for you, the fan. And on top of that, players are giving their bodies to you. They pitchers are literally having to have their tendons fused together in their elbow so they can come back and pitch for you. Uh, and, and you pay them a lot of money to do that. Sure. But again, that's their the you can be paid a lot of money, but your body is everything. And right now, those players that have gone under the knife to fuse those tendons, if you're on a 40-man roster, you are not able to get that physical therapy from your team during this lockout, this quote-unquote defensive lockout. According the language to of that letter. That honestly, <laughs> like I... Uh-oh, oh, Paul. Uh-oh. You're about to go off here. 
Paul, I think I think it's fair to say this was this crossover was a smashing success. What do you think? I think so too. I, I, I'm pretty sure we could probably <laughs> keep going at this point, but uh, I'll get off the I'll get off the soap uh, the, the soapbox here. But thanks so much for having me on, Patrick. This was great. Yeah, and, and vice versa. Thanks for having me on your show as well. Go ahead, plug away. I, I know uh, you've got your personal account uh, from at Paul Holden thirty three. Yes. Uh, but also at LO Rockies for Lockdown Rockies on Twitter. Those are some good accounts. Make sure you're following out there. And the podcast, too. Let them know where they can find you on YouTube as well. We are free and streaming on all your favorite platforms. Just search Lockdown Rockies. We are daily podcasts uh, about the team uh, throughout the offseason and throughout the season. And uh, we're on YouTube, too, for the videos. Lockdown Rockies there. Um, yeah, at LO Rockies on uh, on Twitter if you want to follow us there. Mostly just active on Twitter. That's kind of our, our hub. We haven't uh, expanded to the other socials. So follow us there on Twitter. Um, yeah, we love we love chatting with people. I'm trying to do more more chatting with the fans because uh, that's that's one of my favorite parts of the job. Yeah, and if you want to follow me at Paul Holden 33, um, I talk about I have another podcast that I do with some bands. I kind of do a little bit of more recording stuff there. But uh, if you're looking for just Rocky stuff. At LO Rockies is the place to follow because I like to send some stuff there. Uh, And yeah, new content uh, just about daily over there as well. Love it, Paul. Love it. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies and myself at Patrick D. Lyons. We're on Twitter at DNVR Sports. Make sure you're subscribed to that for all the best abs, nuggets, Broncos, Rams, Buffs, rugby, you name it. We got it covered here in the city of Denver. So for DNVR Sports, he's Paul Holden. I'm Patrick Lyons. Thanks for tuning in to the DNVR Rockies podcast. Folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans around town, especially those of our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. 